Hello and welcome to episode 764 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, January 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Man, it feels like I haven't talked to you all year. Oh, you sure haven't. <laughs> Fantastic joke. I loved it. Had to do it. Uh, it's been a decade since I've talked to you, right? That one's Not even better. but yeah. No, no. It's been the turn of a decade. Anyway, it's the new year. We are in the full swing, man. I feel like this really marks uh, the the amp up time. Obviously, you and I have not been uh, light on work since the season ended. We were talking about it offline. Doesn't really slow down at all. But as far as the fantasy community at large, really getting into it too, in, in, in terms of uh, the people who play a lot of fantasy football and whatnot, they're back now, right? Because fantasy football is over. Yes, people are still paying attention to the playoffs and whatnot, and it really, really, really stamps into fantasy baseball once the Super Bowl is over. But this is a marking point, too, because I think that that first week after the New Year, holidays are done, it's time. Like Those of us that are baseball diehards, now we can see the finish line on the winter, and it's really time to get going. You've been putting up your rankings, which have been awesome to look at. You're going to have ba- uh Pitching ones coming up this week. I'm going to update mine. So we're going to do a comparison episode on Thursday. I'm already excited for that. Uh, you've been busy as heck at fan- Friends with Fantasy Benefits. TGFBI is popping off. So things are going wild. And it's been great. And you know what else is that the hot stove hasn't stopped, right? And we talked multiple times about how great it's been this year, how active it's been. It just keeps going. Every episode, we've got plenty of things to talk about. And uh, this episode's no different in fact, I missed one uh, last time. I did an episode, so we got one of those to catch up on and then a bunch of other ones. But beyond that, how you doing? How are the holidays and how is the house buying process? Oh, man, the house buying process has been absolutely crazy. Like when I posted on Twitter that I was, you know, that we were in contract to buy a home, like everybody like told me their horror stories. Oh, no. Uh, of like what happens when you buy a home. And like it, it's been that it's. You know, closing costs have gone up $15,000 with no explanation why. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, the, the house that we bought was a for, former rental. Um, and so, like, college students have been living in there smoking weed. Uh, oh. Like, yeah. So, that, that'll that be fun to clean out. So, uh, it, it, but it's been a process. But hopefully, uh, in either Thursday or Friday, I'll get the keys, get to move into the new home. I'm going to do my best to make sure there is no, like, disruption in my recordings, uh, okay. you know, when I move. So, you know, I'm, I'm working with the, 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 the company that does my internet so that way uh, I can make sure I'm recording and we don't miss any recordings. But, uh, it's yeah, it's been crazy. 60 episodes in 30 days during the month of January over Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Uh, so especially you guys who do dynasty and like prospects uh me and matt thompson do all 30 teams individual episodes on uh all all the prospects in 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 fantasy that you're going to need to know about no matter how deep your league is like you said tgfbi is crazy and releasing ranks i'm you know writing articles um yeah it's it's a crazy time of year well um my girlfriend and i met otters on saturday i saw that and like your girlfriend has like a thing for otters right uh, we both do actually. Okay. We're quite we're quite obsessed weird, with, with yeah. river otters. Um, they're just so adorable. It's ridiculous, and they've got uh, they've got their their stupid little hands. They have these uh, invisible ears. I don't know how they hear anything. They're the smallest ears, 
but uh, yeah, and and it's river otters that we like. Sea otters can get fucked. Who cares about them? Uh, the river otters are the cute ones. These two little twerps were so adorable. It was unbelievable. Um, so she actually won something at the Austin Aquarium where we got to meet them. Because you can go to the aquarium and kind of look at them. We won a, like, a, little, a little meet and greet with them. And they were the sweetest little things. So a lot of people call them water sausages. You know, they're like the they're like the dachshunds of of the water. Sounds very they really were. Act, they acted a lot like Charlotte. They they were they were very Charlotte esque. Oh, and uh, it was of great. Charlotte, like you, uh, there's like you, you buried the lead here. I I was I was segueing right into it. Oh, okay. Speaking of Char, she got her own Rotoware shirt. <laughs> So it's insane. awesome. I love it. You can check it out. Um, if you just search Charlotte on Rotoware, it's on my Twitter. It's a purple sh- shirt. It says the Charlotte Charlottes. Um, Kenny is the man over there. I mean, he's just the best. By the way, I just want to point out, first off, we know Rotoware is excellent. We love yes. them. The Justin Mason collection is mm-hmm. the greatest. I just want to hype them up because it's a one-man show. Yeah. It's Kenny. It's Kenny. Uh, he, he And he is... He is amazing, uh, and I have no idea how I became like the unofficial spokesman of uh, of yeah, Rotoware. It's uh, brilliant. Yeah, like uh, I, I'm gonna have him on the TGFBI podcast. It's a great um, idea because I I actually need to be like get my mind refreshed on like why um, he does all the shirts for me because I mean it, I have nothing to do with that. Like no, it, it's, no, it's, it's all him. It, it's all him. And he kills it, and um, and the stuff he comes up with, like right away, he gets the meme shirts out right away, and uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to do something. It's purple and white because uh, that's the color of Twitch. It's it's basically for my Twitch channel. Um, and I was like, you know, why am I complicating this by going through any sort of anything T-shirt oriented but RotoWare? So I asked him, told him what I wanted. He had it done. And I'm like, yep, perfect. I knew it. I knew all I had to do was tell him what I wanted, color I wanted, and it'd be perfect. If you guys want to get that, you support my my Twitch channel. I really do appreciate that. Um, and you'll be looking dope in a, in a new uh, in a new Charlotte shirt. And I just love everything he does over there. He's blown up. 2019 was a huge year for Roto Wear. I know the Yankees love him. He's a big Yankees fan. He's made a ton, but a lot of uh, athletes and and celebs wearing his shirts, uh, including you. And yeah. and you're the you're the face of them, dude. I, I've got to find the funniest this, thing uh, ever. I've got to find this. Uh, is, is you said it's the Charlotte. I'm I'm on Rotoware.com. Uh, I, I doubled over laughing when I when I did the the pumpkin pie thing, oh and he put your face on it. <laughs> I almost peed myself, dude. I'm not even gonna lie. Like it was insane how funny that was. This is this is a very on. very good shirt. I I actually really like this. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So, yeah, if you guys want to get those, I got to be honest. If this does well, I'm going to ask him to do an otter shirt with a, with a little river otter holding a baseball bat. So, um, again, if you guys can support, I appreciate that. That 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 That's just for me. I'm not trying to do like, a, you know, this is not, a, you know, full-on advertisement. I'm like, you must buy this shirt. But if you want to support, I do greatly appreciate it. And um, support RotoWare, even if you don't buy the Charlotte shirt. If you see something that you like on their site, get it because they. I have like nine of their shirts. They're great. I, know I you actually have like, have like forty of yeah, your own. I have like forty shirts, but they're all my face. And I mean, I he think, did the uh, get it out of the ocean one, which was an Instacop for uh, me. Had to get it right away. That's a great one. Um, God, what uh, I I love the uh, um, 
the confirmation bias is a hell of a drug. That's, yes. that's one of my favorites that I've got. Uh, Lineups and chills in the Netflix font was was I think where I discovered them. I saw that and I was like, oh, this is this is my existence right here. This is too perfect. I gotta ask Had why, why the Justin Mason collection isn't under the collections tab. I feel it's good, like that's, that's a good question. Maybe we need yeah. to uh, maybe we need to get them on the horn. You can use promo instantly. code Mason for zero percent out at checkout. Oh, that's fantastic. So, that way uh, they know that. You people it's like not you. actually a promo code. I just <laughs> thought it would be funny. People I, think I, I get some sort I, of discount too. <laughs> I don't. You would. You don't because yeah. uh, you don't I'm, deserve one. I'm hoping you're that, the face of the earth. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm just hoping that like maybe I have an early death and my family can sell the t-shirts as a collector. They become item. valuable. Yeah, because they're, they're definitely not, not valuable now. Otherwise, my kids death. are gonna have nope. to get scholarships. It's. No, no, no. I am not. Uh, I'm not hoping for that early death. <laughs> I am hoping that we get into some baseball, though. Oh, yeah. um, so let's go ahead and do that, and talk about the Nats. Uh, by the way, the the transaction I missed was Hunjinri. We're going to get into that next. But I th- I thought I'd put the Nats together at the top Might here well. because they've done so much, and you know they're really trying to attack things in bulk. Obviously, replacing Anthony Rendon was never going to be easy, and I'm not even quite sure that they fully have or or that it can be reasonable to expect them to do so. But I really like what they're doing here. If you kind of look at it, they've turned their bullpen into a strength. Then you add Starlin Castro. If Carter Keboom can do we don't know, he's an unknown, but if he if he goes, you know, uh if there's growth there and he kind of continues on his trajectory of of prospect type. That could be big. And then maybe some growth from Victor Robles, who I still believe in. I understand that uh, he had some challenge numbers this year with StatCast and everything. It's it's not uh, it's not the easiest bet to make, but if it's there, then all of a sudden, and this was before Eric Thames came out, then all of a sudden you're starting to replace those seven wins that you lost. Uh, and then add in Thames. Maybe he can be getting back more to what he was in 18 than 19, even though he wasn't bad in 19, by the way. He was, you know, he's above average. But uh, he was a far cry from what he was in 2017. Wait, um, yeah, se- if you can get back to 17 as opposed to 18. And then he was back uh, on track in 19. Sorry, confused all, all that there with Eric Thames. But the bottom line is they've done a ton of moves. Let's start at the top with the newest edition, or with the, the first edition, which was Will Harris. How weird is it that they added Will Harris? It is, I mean, it's a little bit weird. I mean, he, he's been fantastic. I mean, he was No, 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 yeah. But he gave up the homer to Kendrick, who's yeah. still there. So, and I'm not saying that it's going to affect him in any way. I'm not even trying to make anything like. I just think, you know, you think there's going to be like some PTSD issues or something. I, like he's. Gonna... I know. I just wonder if there's going to be some like funny stuff that they might do, like welcoming like him, like bang a trash how he can when he walks. You know, into something. The... Yeah. Something that uh, that acknowledges it and says, you know, hey, thanks for the ring, but now you're one of us. You know, welcome to the team. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, obviously they wouldn't be nasty to him. I don't think he's going to have trouble there. He knows what he got into. It's not like he was forced there. But uh, you mentioned he's been really good. This is now five years of high-quality work out of Will Harris. His strikeout rate has lived in the 27 to 29% range. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. Uh, the funniest thing about, well, not funny for Astros fans, but one of the interesting things about that home run is he doesn't really give up home runs. And so that was kind of uh, uh, you know what made it so crazy. Plus, it was a great pitch, and Kendrick just went and got it. He's a ground ball guy, and he really solidifies that pen. 
pair it with Daniel Hudson resigning, which they did shortly after, and all of a sudden you're looking at Hudson, Doolittle, if he can stay healthy, which is always a big if, and Harris at the back end of that bullpen. How do you feel about what they've done there? I mean, you still have uh, Tanner Rainey uh, still there. Yeah. Hunter Strickland still there. Uh, it's I. It's a really, really solid bullpen, which was always kind of the bugaboo, right? When, when they oh. had Bryce, Bryce Harper, it was, this team is built to win a championship, except for the bullpen can't hold a lead. Dude, and, they were the NL Tigers. Like, it, yeah. was, it was such a perfect analog. Great offense, amazing starting mm-hmm. pitching, dreadful bullpen. So, I mean, obviously, you're not going to replace Rendon, and, and, and I, I know you like a lot of the moves that they've made. I don't dislike them. I think they're great moves for what they kind of have, uh, yeah. but you're not going to replace him. So they, they've decided they're going to do it by kind of finding another strength if it's not necessarily going to be the entire lineup like it has been in the past. So, I mean... Would you, as a hitter, want to face one of those pitchers and then, or one of those starters, and then have to face that bullpen? Because no, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to have to win games, you know, six to five. They're they're trying to win games, you know, two to one, one to nothing, uh, and and that should be enough for them. I think it's uh, it's really nice insurance for Sean Doolittle, uh, yes. especially if uh, if he struggles with injury again. Especially the Daniel Hudson move. I mean, he was just lights out at the end of the season last year. I I'm shocked Hudson didn't get more. I just, I am too. I thought he would get a a longer term deal, not necessarily uh, you know five years or anything, but I thought he'd get three years and twice the money. I thought got. I like, thought I, he was earning himself stacks with uh, with that playoff. I'm I really shocked. did too. I mean, we've seen some of the contracts that were given out so far this offseason and the fact that uh he only gets two years 11 million dollars and could potentially be their closer you know i mean for the majority of the year i, I know yeah. that people are still expecting do little to get saves and I, as am i but the idea that he's you know pretty much one of the closers if not the closer at some point uh and he gets two years 11 million dollars seems ridiculous to me I, I think they've done a really really good job uh, kind of, you know, setting this team up to take another shot at the division and a championship. I, I think so too. And again, you know, if you're if you're trying to replace the seven wins and and the way you're looking at it, one thing again, the offensive moves that they've made are probably not going to do it uh, on their. In fact, that they're not. Uh, Thames, Castro, a full year of Asdrubal Cabrera. I think you know aggressively you'd be looking at what five wins between those three if that's if things like really worked out um probably put it more for like three and a half but look at the bullpen projection they had 0.9 war out of their bullpen last year so just under a win they're projected for 3.6 now so you know you're getting back a bunch right there too and so i think that uh you know you add 2.7 to that now you are at about almost six with these additions and that's conservative on the hitters and that's with no you know robust growth or or carter keyboom doing anything so again i really like what they've what they've done here um now if you're drafting for save so let's turn this back to the fantasy realm doolittle's gonna be the guy coming in I, I think he'll be penciled in but are you drafting hudson or harris behind them i think you've got to be drafting hudson 
and 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 are you actually drafting him you yourself yes. so for instance uh today we restart the afl yes, draft do. where i drafted sean doolittle uh so daniel hudson is the top guy in my queue right now um so Smart. We'll, we'll see uh hopefully uh, nobody listens to the podcast before we post this but i'm assuming he's going to be in a lot of people's queue uh, yeah he's actually He's second in mine, and I might move him up because I'm just looking at my team now, and I have Hater, which is great. But I also took a shot on Nick Anderson, and I I, I don't know if he's going to be yeah. the closer there. So I probably need some, but I need to attack saves via bulk at this point. I already have a ton of saves on my team, but because it's a standalone league, there's no overall prize. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay loading up on that. And um, you're cutting somebody else out too. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I also have to make up You're preventing up somebody for... else from getting some. Yeah, I mean, we do that draft in, what was it, like October? Mid-October this year, yeah. So, like, I already have guys that I drafted where I go, oh, I don't know if this guy's going to have a role anywhere. I mean, Dude, I, me too. I, I, dra- I drafted Cooper, Domingo see Santana. Uh, I John drafted Birdie, uh, Domingo Herman. Um, Oof. Oh, so did I. did for, what? Uh, 60 games or something like that games of this year yes uh so yeah my team's already in a little bit of trouble uh (laughs) so he hasn't gone yet we've we're two picks in um in mine and i think we're two rounds behind you guys where and where do you pick in this first round oh towards the back i had the third pick so yeah so i have the third pick of this first round because it goes from the back end there and i had pick 13 so I'll be uh, I'll be picking soon, and I do that on purpose. That's why I always try to get a later spot, because when the dust settles of a few months, there's usually some gems there that shouldn't be available. So we'll take a look at that, and maybe we'll update that as as we get deeper in the draft there. So I agree. I would take Hudson, um, Harris, maybe deeper in this draft. Champions I could see taking, but it's it's Hudson right now in like your 15s. And maybe, maybe a twelve if the reserve roster is deep enough. But that's yeah, that's if I'm really speculating on Twelve, but yeah, if, uh, probably not. A fifteen. Uh, I think you can make the argument that he's worth a shot, especially if we don't know what uh, Doolittle's health is coming into it. Exactly. Uh, so, and it's not like Hudson has been a super healthy guy over the course of his career. No, exactly, and that's part of you know why he's had to rebuild himself. And I believe he was DFA to even get to the uh, to get over to the Nats. So, uh, all right, let's talk about the hitters then, and, and what what their fantasy outlook looks like. Starling Castro, if you look on the surface, you might not be that impressed with what he did last year, but if you dig in and you kind of look at it and you do a a straight cut down the middle, not uh, not the All Star break half. But you just go three months and three months from July 1st on. The dude was incredible. Uh, he, he really put together uh, some some really strong work there. 640, 472, and 590 OPS totals in April, May, and June for Starling Castro. Awful. But then 843, 906, and 971, including seven homers in both August and September for Castro. He really went off. I think what would surprise people if you haven't been following Starling Starlin Castro lately um, is that he's not that old. I think he's going into his age uh, age 30 season. He's just been around forever. He, he started at age 20 back in 2010. So he's still only 30, which is not old. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued by this move. I think I'd be willing to buy in and put him at the uh, at, at a middle in in something like a 15 team league and be pretty happy about it. 
Yeah, I think he is an interesting guy to roster, especially in deeper formats. Like, if you're doing a draft champions, uh, he's a guy that I'm interested in rostering. I just wonder if he's a placeholder for Carter Keeboom. Uh, what I think this does, along with um, the uh, Cabrera signing, is uh, say that Keeboom is not going to start with the team this year. Yeah, for sure. Because I think they want to see some more out of out he, of him. He's so rough defensively. Uh, so bad. And I know that that's like the line that teams use for prospects to keep them down. And no, it's accurate more, here. Yeah, for him, he, he is really, really rough defensively. Uh, this is a team that needs, you know, good defense behind the, you know, these pitchers. Uh, so I, I think he, especially, I mean, you look at the kind of the page over on roster resource, there's only four guys in this offense that has options. Uh, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Victor Robles, none of those and guys are never, getting optioned. Yeah, they're never and, going and anywhere. Andrew Stevenson, who he could be optioned, but he's an outfielder and they're going to need another outfielder if they bring it up. So it's not going to be key boom spot. So they pretty much block off Keyboom for the time being yep. uh, until there's an injury, uh, you know, to you know Castro or Turner or Cabrera or severe underperformance. Exactly. If somebody is, you know, if Castro falls off a cliff and plays like he did in the first half of last year, or as Drupal Cabrera, who by the way was rejuvenated getting back to the Nats, he 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 had struggled in Texas. Give him a team friendly deal. He's only getting yep. paid two point five million dollars this year, which hey. uh, that seems really really cheap. He got that ring. He's like, you know what? Just put in a number. I'll take it. Let's go. He can get another five hundred thousand in incentives, and, um, and he you played know. really well for them. And so the only get yeah, two point five million uh, is was shocking. Especially, well, and you know, he's especially been, on a one-year deal because it's not like there's even deferred money. Yeah, and you know this was coming off of four solid above-average years too. So the Texas underperformance was an outlier for Asdrubal Cabrera. Um, and then, he, like I said, he gets to Washington. He really gets rejuvenated and goes off for them. And so, uh, yeah, gave, gave him a nice little team-friendly deal. Now, I don't think for the first time in quite a while that he's actually going to have any extra eligibility. It's just going to be third Nope, third and second. So he still maintains at least two positions, as Drupal Cabrera does. By the way, so does Castro. They both have second and third base. Um, and they're both, you know, quality 15-team league guys that uh, that you can plug in. They're, they're great draft champions. Anytime you get guys with flexibility, they, they're going to have their hot streaks, both of them. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Let's talk Thames. Because, uh, like I said there, I got the timeline a little messed up. He, he came back in 2017, had that insane April. It couldn't really keep it going, but you know, still ended up with a damn fine season, a 125 WRC+. Plus. Fell down to 105 in 2018, only played 96 games, was losing playing time. Strikeout rate skyrocketed. But then last year, kind of got back into it, was a 116 WRC+. Plus. Played a lot more, hit 25 homers. Strikeout's still too high. You know, I mean, it's just going to be part of his game. He's just a big 30% strikeout guy. But he takes his walks, too. Uh, 14, 10, and 11% in the three years since he's been back. He's kind of an is-what-he-is sort of guy as far as, you know, raw power. But can he get back over to the 30 uh, home run threshold? Can Eric Thames be a 30 home run guy again as he was back in 2017? Or is he going to be platooned too much to, to have something like that? Although he'll be the strong side. So what do you think of Eric Thames in Washington? 
Yeah, I think he's going to be platooned too much to get back over 30. Uh, I mean, the power is obviously legitimate. You see the muscles, you know it. Uh, yeah. But he, stre- he swings too much outside the zone, even though he improved that a, a little bit last year. Uh, obviously, going from Miller Park to Nationals Park uh, is uh, you know hit in terms of park factors. Sure. Uh and, but nothing crazy. Nothing, like, I'm not, I mean, yeah, not going to go wild over that. But His they, power they, plays They anyway. brought in Howie Kendrick. They brought in all these other guys. If Carter, let's say Carter Keeboom is looking better defensively and is hitting the cover off the ball, they'll bring him up and move Cabrera over to first. Like, that's not going to be a problem for them to just do that. So, uh, I, I have a hard time buying in. Now, I mean, there's no price attached. No, he's uh, Thames is super cheap. And by the way, I should mention all three of them, uh, all three of their offensive players, aren't particularly expensive. If 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 that's if that's your fancy there between uh, between Castro Cabrera and Thames, I believe Thames is the cheapest. He's coming in at four thirty eight right now, so he is super cheap. Uh, let's see, Starling Castro is two eighty nine, and then as Drubal is three eighty seven. So they're they're all priced to buy if you're interested. And there, there's a reason for that. They're they're kind of ups, their upside's kind of capped, but uh, they're solid, boring players. I think. What do you What do you think about Kendrick? By the way, obviously he was resigned a while ago. I obviously they want to work him in. He's not going to be a full time guy. If he perform, you know, if he can have the season he did last year and still doesn't become a full time guy, there's really nothing he can do to become one because he was incredible. Three forty four, three ninety five, five seventy two last year, and was still clawing and scratching for his playing time, mostly playing against lefties, w- working in here and there against righties, although he held his own against them, more, more than held his own, kick butt, 930 OPS, 1036 against lefties. Is Kendrick just too limited playing time-wise to be more than an NL only or super deep mixer guy? Yeah, I think he is, unfortunately, just because if they hadn't brought in all these guys, uh, I'd say, well, he's going to play a whole bunch. They're just going to move him around. But... Uh, but I don't think that is necessarily the case uh, now. So I, I think he'll get short side platooned uh, with Thames and you know and work his way in around. I mean, the nice thing is he can play anywhere. I mean, he first, second, third yeah. last year. He's well, got he stands anywhere. Year. Yeah, but they're okay with that. So I know, I know, I know. I was trying to make a joke that he's not super sharp defensively, but he'll yeah. he'll go out there and, and do it for him. Some t- somehow he got like three times the contract that Cabrera got for yeah. the same team plus an, a mutual option in, in 2021. So, and he's, he's a worse defender. And he, he's like five years older, isn't he? I mean, it's like he's 36 yeah, years he, old. He, so. He's got to be a couple years older at uh, least. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I guess Cabrera's 34. So, all right. And how old's Kendrick? 36. Oh, so. well, I said a couple years older. Yeah. I was right. I thought it was, Nailed it. I, I, I thought Cabrera was younger. Um, oh. yeah, I, I think he's an interesting NL piece. Uh, Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick, especially in leagues where the eligibility requirements, uh, are a little bit more liberal. So you'll get like third base too. And then, you know, if like I used to play in an AL only league where in season it was one game. Yeah. Uh, and a guy like Kendrick was great because he was going to be eligible everywhere. Uh, which which made it a lot easier to kind of fill the holes in NL only. So uh, I, I can't imagine drafting in a mixer. It's just not going to be enough plate appearances. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe draft champions. Again, exactly. 50 rounds. Well, it's because it's, it's going so your, late. 
yeah, that's your team all year. For those that don't know what Draft Champions is, that's deep enough. But other than that, it's really tough for Howie Kendrick, even as good as he was. But he's going to get drafted in a bunch of leagues because he was so good. People are going to see those numbers. And, you know, you basically need him to repeat that to make it worth it, though. And then when do you play him, right? That's another thing. You're going to leave so many of the numbers on the bench because you're not even going to necessarily know unless you get lucky and you see, like, three of the first four games of the week are against lefties. And you're like, okay, well, he's definitely going to be in for those. So anyway, that's the Nats. Uh, they've been super busy. I think they've done a really good job, re-signed Strauss, and then added pieces all over the place. I think they've done a good job attacking the loss of Rendon. You can never really fully replace it unless, you know, you go out and trade for like Arenado, which they weren't going to do. So what they've done is nice. And I, I think they're out on Donaldson now, right? Uh, with uh, all these moves, the report is that they have a offer on the table, but that he's looking okay. for a fourth year, and, and he's got it from a few teams. So yeah, supposedly he's going to get that fourth, fourth year. year from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's wait, he's pretty much waiting for the Braves to give him a fourth year, and they just haven't done that yet. So I think he still ends up going back to Atlanta. They get that figured out. Okay. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the Hunjin Ryu move. Like I said, I accidentally missed that one when I was doing the big review from uh, from over the holidays. This was a stunner, right? Because um, we just didn't expect Ryu to uh, to to go to Toronto. I couldn't have. I don't know if they would have been thirtieth among the teams, but I think they might have been in the back seven or eight of teams. If I were listing one to thirty of where he could go. Seemed like it could have been a great fit for the Angels after they lost out on uh, uh, Cole. It's shocking that they didn't. I mean, it could have been so good. Like they could have. And winning the offseason doesn't really mean a damn thing. But I think they would have. If you go Rendon, Ryu, Bundy, Teron as your, and and then even the Jason Cash move, which we'll get into in a moment, I think that they would have. Well, and, you I know, mean, really set you, themselves up. If you sign Ryu, you don't need. Uh, design Tehran. So no, I think they still would. I, I think you still would need to. No. First off, because of Ryu's health, but also because of the the depth, bro. I know you love Heaney. He's How not trustworthy. He's you? not they trustworthy. Got Canning, and you know Patrick it. Sandoval, also not trustworthy. Otani. Also not trustworthy. Also not trustworthy. That's why it doesn't make any sense that Ryu didn't sign there because. Injury wise, he fits like right into the mold. It's perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. Um, so. Um, Maybe he didn't want to share I, the Japanese lime. Or oh, wait, he's not Japanese. That's right. Oops, he's my Korean. Man, he's Korean. He didn't want to share uh, the Asian limelight with Otani. Well, he gets a he gets a four year deal that at is. eighty mil. So he gets twenty mil, and uh, he's going to go over to Toronto. I like what they've done, by the way. Right, I like a lot of the uh, the bottom feeders this year have made moves that say, "Hey, we're not going to be an embarrassment. We're going to start turning this ship around." And with that amazing lineup that they ha- they could have, I don't want to say that they have. It's not set in stone yet that it's going to be amazing, but it could be really, really sharp with the uh, with, with the lineage at the top, Bichette, Biggio, Guriel Jr., Guerrero Jr., and then Shaw, Grichuk, and, and our boy Teoscar down at the bottom there. They could, they could really punish teams offensively. They want to make sure that they have some pitching. So they've gone out. They got Ryu, Chase Anderson, and Tanner Roar. That's not knocking your socks off, but when you look at what they had last year or didn't have in terms of reliability, it was basically Stroman or bust, and then they eventually traded him. They just didn't really have guys that they could consistently go to. Uh, Trent Thornton, I guess, would be another one. So it was Thornton and Stroman until Stroman was traded, and then it was mix and match like crazy, man. They had, let's see, 
They had 21 guys make at least one start last year. That's that's a lot. That's that's a lot. There, they had 11 guys make at least five starts. So there wasn't really a lot of consistency. The one thing that these guys can do now, Ryu has to be healthy, but when healthy, he's always good. Uh, but then Anderson and Roark are kind of innings eaters. They've got some guys who can eat up some innings now. And uh, I kind of, like I said, I kind of like what they've done here. How do you feel about Ryu in Toronto and the AL East? I think this is less about a move for this year and more about a move for next year. Um, and I can't remember what podcast I was listening to because uh, I've just been listening to a bunch of fantasy baseball and baseball podcasts recently, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in the background while I'm doing stuff. Uh, and someone said, like, uh, and I think it was a really, really good point, was at some point uh, teams are, are going, well, it may be just easier to sign guys a year early. I think it was Eno yes. on, uh, on the Rates and Barrels uh, podcast with uh, with Derek. Um, which is a fantastic podcast, and you should go listen to it. It is, um, and I think that's smart. I think it's smart. They they get they get a guy who could be a stud pitcher, especially when healthy, uh, for next year and for a run. They got him for four years. I mean, he was, when he was on the mound last year, he was arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. And so the question becomes, how many innings do you think you can get out of him? Uh, I don't worry about him in Toronto. I know some people are going to, you know, point out the park difference between uh, Dodger Stadium in the NL and uh, and and Rogers Stadium in the AL East. Uh, mm-hmm. He he does a very good job at uh, suppressing uh, hard contact and, and home runs. I'm I'm not necessarily worried about that. I just there's no way you can pencil him in for another 180 innings. So like Steamer no. has him projected for 186. And that's insane. Uh, yeah. I just I don't understand how uh, they can do that. How because depth charts I, I never really understand how depth charts work. We adjust right for depth charts. Yeah, our what, playing time is what, uh, and so we have them down for a full season right now, which is what what we would default to if you, if they're in the starting rotation, they get that. Here's what I don't get on the steamer projection: a one four homer nine. Like I get it, he's going to the AL and the yeah. AL East, but like. I don't know about that. He's a point eighty eight career. Uh, I don't see yeah, that. I don't. That's, I don't buy that bizarre. either. I, I, maybe it jumps up to one, but yeah. I'm not going to project him to give up more than a homer in inning. Uh, I'm not even going to project like they have his walk rate almost doubling from last year. And now it's still minuscule because he doesn't walk guys, but I, I don't think that that's going to change that much either. So uh, I, I think he. The, the problem becomes, like, where he's going in NFBC leagues is, like, a low-end SP2, high-end SP3. And I don't know that I want to play around with my innings total there. Yeah, that's that's the tough part, right? Because we really just don't know what we're going to get innings-wise out of Ryu. And like you said, you can't really project more. I don't think you can really project more than a buck twenty. I think at, at yeah. a buck twenty is is where you can feel comfortable penciling that in and then taking anything else as as a windfall. Now, since he signed, Ryu's ADP has gone down. He's down to one forty six. And if you look at his composite in the draft champions, it's one hundred. That's probably skewed a bit by going forty fifth in a draft. And I imagine that was before he was signed. And in fact, it was because I did the date thing. So since he was signed, uh, there's only been two drafts, but he went one twenty eighth and one. Or excuse me, one twenty fourth and one sixty eighth for for Hunjin Ryu. So he's gonna go, you know, he's gonna go a bit later now that uh, he's in Toronto. Does that 
pique your interest any any more there if he's more of an SP3, 54th pitcher off the board. He's going around the likes. um, It depends on who I'm getting him with. So if if I'm getting a horse, a a guy that I feel really comfortable I'm going to be able to plug in for 200 innings, I'm fine with it. Or even two. Like what if you had like, you know – DeGrom and Bumgarner, where you feel like you're getting 400, in, you know, close to 400 innings. Yeah. Or even then like a you can take a shot. Yeah. A guy yeah. That, who's like, been it, consistent. It may not be amazing 200 innings, but it's going to be 200 innings. I, yeah. I could see myself definitely doing that. I just can't, like, I can't take Brandon Woodruff, who I love, and then mm-hmm. take Ryu because there's a chance that I get a total of 100 innings total like from those or, two or, like or james paxton yeah or paxton uh you know he, he's another good example even a guy like giolito who i think is pretty safe innings wise but isn't necessarily safe production because he's only done it one year and he was atrocious mm-hmm. the year before like i i think that starts building too much risk in the top of my rotation i'll take some risk in the bottom of my rotation uh, but I, I'm not going mean, to – I learned my lesson last year. <laughs> I, no, I hear I'm, you I'm on not that. Building that. I'm not building that risky of a rotation early on. Smart. That, that's smart to uh, to be careful there. Okay, uh, well, let's move on then. And uh, we got a group of smaller moves here, including some breaking news at the end. I mentioned that Jason Castro out to L.A. They needed to do something about their, their catching situation. We knew that they would sign one of the uh, remaining guys. It was kind of a cluster of guys who were very similar. They end up going with Castro, who's pretty solid. Uh, you know, lefty bat can can hit for some thump. I think he's pretty solid behind the dish, if I recall correctly. Um, so I think that that's going to be a, a plus there for the pitchers. In two catcher leagues, are you interested? Sure. I mean, it's going to be a pretty good lineup in front of them. Uh, I don't believe there's going to be very much cost associated with them. Uh, I'll take a look at where he's going in, in NFBC leagues. And I don't think it's – while you're looking that up, I don't think it's going to be um, a straight platoon. I think he's going to get – Castro's going to get some opportunities against lefties. I think it's going to be kind of that once-a-week day off thing. He's currently going Max as Stassi, the 33rd catcher off the board, 446 overall. So that's not even in two catchers that people are yeah. going for him. I mean, he's going he, right behind Reese McGuire of Toronto and above Stephen Vogt. Now, how much of that was he didn't have a team, do you think? Uh, I think a fair amount uh, might be, but he's not going to jump up that much because... You're right. I mean, the guys, you know, if he jumps up, let's say he's 446 right now, so let's jump him up 50 picks. We're talking about Jan Gomes. Uh, who is a guy that uh, people tend to like. Um, uh, Asdio, who is a guy people yep. love for no apparent reason other than he's just fun to watch. Like, fun, he's fun, like, yeah. He's fun, but like, he, he, he doesn't have that great of a role that you got to like be. a mean player. Yeah. So, Although, I, I will say it's interesting you bring him up because Castro leaving That probably opens Asadio. up a role for him. So, uh, yeah, I don't think his price is going to go through the roof. Like, yeah, Castro's price will he's still remain gonna be low. like a mid to low twenties catcher off the board. So at, at best, at and, best, and that's and that's the spot. Like after you get past what catcher fourteen, maybe it's like a pick'em. Yep, I to- I totally agree with you. And, and you, uh, we saw that, last year. It pro- yeah, it's probably like catcher ten or eleven. After that, it really yeah, opens it's like up. Omar and Nervarez, we- and then like the field, right? 
And we saw last year that that field really presented a lot of value, but it was hard to figure out where it was going to be. The season had to kind of get going there. So maybe you just, if you take a premium catcher up top, if you want, but then you wait on your second one, or you just wait on both and kind of play it during the season because last year was crazy at catcher. It ended up having some interesting value, but uh, so much of it developed during the season. And and this is where depth of league really matters too, because in a 15 team league, uh, like I'm, I'm much more willing to take a shot on like those top five or six guys. Mm -hmm. Whereas in uh, a 12 team league, I'm even a two catcher 12 team league. I'm waiting. I'm with you. Uh, Same strategy. 15 team. I, I, I'm actually kind of seeking out one of the top five or six, Uh, but then yeah, 10 and 12s. Nope. And the the two catcher as well. And then one catcher, I kind of play it by ear in one catcher. There, there will be sometimes I will get one of those premium guys in one catcher, but a lot of times I'm going to play that middle to back end there. And and like I said, just kind of play it out um, on the wire. All right, so that's Jason Castro to the Angels. Let's talk about Jose Iglesias to Baltimore. They replaced the shortstop that they jettisoned. And, uh, you know, he's always been a better real-life player than fantasy because he's a, a wizard with the glove. But Jose Iglesias has had times of fantasy relevance, often driven by batting average. Because uh, he, he makes some pretty strong contact. He's a career 273 hitter. He hit 288 last year, but with 11 homers and six steals. And it's like, meh. It's so meh. Is there any path uh, that you care about uh, Jose Iglesias? Is it e- even in AL only? Are you concerned here? Especially at the deepest position on the diamond shortstop. Oh, it's really difficult to say that there's any, that there should be any sort of interest. He was in the bottom 4% in terms of exit velocity last year in the league. Sweet. Bottom 7% in terms of barrel percentage. Dope. Uh, you know, bottom 2% in terms of walk percentage. Bottom 4% cool. in terms of hard hit percentage. Fantastic. Uh, the only thing that is somewhat interesting is he still has a little bit of speed. I mean, it's not great speed, but it's a little bit of speed. And this was the team that let VR just run all over the place because they're True. so bad. And he's a he's a, he's still a pretty good defender. Uh, so I mean, it's I mean, some might argue he's a pre you know a premium defender still. Uh, so he's probably going to play every day, and he could probably accumulate double digit stolen bases. So I think that alone makes him AL only worthy, and okay. even maybe worthy in like a draft champions type league. I can hear that uh, for, for Jose Iglesias because, you know, he's a year removed from a 15 steal season. And uh, like you said, Baltimore lets guys, you know, with any you know modicum of speed, if they just let him run. Okay, sure. Maybe he can work his way toward a 270 and, and 17 steal season. And yeah, for AL only for sure, there's definitely some, some value there. Um, so I, I would totally agree with that. That's a good call. Uh, all right, I don't want to spend too much more time on on that. Our boy, our boy found a new home, and maybe this could excite us because they do well with pitching out there. But we just need him to we just need him to be healthy. Jimmy Nelson, linking up with the Dodgers, gets a one year deal, one point two five mil. Obviously, the downside would be that uh, playing time would be very sporadic, and we don't know what kind of role he's going to have. But they can get him healthy and get some innings out of him. We've been longtime uh, Jimmy Nelson fans. What do you think of this move? Obviously, it's a uh, uh, not a huge fantasy-relevant play right now, but it gives him some depth, particularly if he can be healthy. What do you think, Jimmy Nelson to the Dodgers? 
it's it's a bittersweet thing for me. I mean, as everyone. Yeah, well, especially because you hate them. <laughs> yeah, because I hate the Dodgers. Uh, so, from a purely fan perspective, I'm very bummed about this. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, it's a really interesting role for him. So, obviously, he's probably starting off in long relief uh, for the mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. But I mean, this is a team that has really struggled with injuries. Uh, over the last few years, and you look at their rotation, and I love their rotation, but a lot of guys that don't necessarily have a great track record of health or staying in the rotation long. So One one thing, though, one thing. They basically changed the rules against the Dodgers this year. This it's back true. to 15-day IL for pitching. So some of those injuries that felt a little bit more fraudulent or, or or weren't necessarily fraudulent. Like you can find a pitcher that has a, a something going on with him at any time. But did it always require an IL stint? Was probably a, a no for a lot of cases. Now they have to decide: Do we want to put him on there for two weeks instead of just the ten days? So I wonder how much that changes their their situation. Yeah, I did an article. I think it was going either into last year or the year before, kind of talking about the Dodgers specifically over on the Hardball Times uh, for their fantasy week um, and, and talking about kind of the effect of the 10-day day, uh, uh, IL, uh, it, really just focusing a lot on what the Dodgers did. So I think they'll go back to being more of a regular team in that regard. That being said, they still want to hold down Kent Maeda's contract. Uh, so he's going to get moved into the bullpen, uh, or have starts skipped, and Nelson seems like he becomes the uh, easy option. And if he starts to show anything, uh, I think we'll know pretty quick, and the Dodgers will take notice. Um, I mean, uh, Urias is a guy that's pitched well out of the bullpen. Stripling's pitched well out of the bullpen. Maeda's pitched well out of the bullpen. They mm-hmm. could even do a six-man rotation just to give guys more time off in between starts and kind of try to save them for the playoffs. Uh, and, and limit their innings. So he's a guy that I'm, I'm not going to draft anywhere except for maybe towards the end of a draft champions uh, or maybe as a reserve guy in NL only. But he's just a guy to watch, especially in spring yeah. training. Kind of like, let's, let's see what his mechanics look like. Let's see what his velocity looks like and uh, if he's hitting his spots. Uh, so just, just a guy to monitor for the most part. Yeah, and, and like I said, we, we've always been fans of Jimmy Nelson, so we're definitely monitoring him. When you're deep in those draft champions, you start to play some favorites and just take some guys that, that you believe in and uh, or have some hope for at least, and I could see us both rostering a share or two of draft champion Jimmy Nelson at that point. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Now, a little breaking news here that you just added to our sheet. White Sox are going to sign Steve Ciszek, which is a nice little signing. Uh, he continues. He continues to succeed. He's he's got a, a bit of a Will Harris vibe to him. He's younger, but you go look at his uh, his pro- player profile. He's just like good every year, and I do wonder could he factor into the saves picture there? Um, they have Colome, uh, Alex Colome, who has you know done done the job there, and I, I think uh, should at least go in this into the season with the job. At the very worst, uh, you know, at the very least. Cishek deepens their bullpen, but is he a potential? Uh, is he a potential uh, saves candidate to take over for Colome if if there were some struggles there? I don't know if there were struggles if he would be, but I think if something injury wise happened to Colome, uh, he'd be first man up. 
So I, I think I think that, that I think that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I I think Colome has pitched well enough and been steady enough over the course of, I mean, really his career. I mean, it's it, Colome yes. is. Three full seasons as a closer. I, I actually, yeah. if you had quizzed me on that, I might have. I, I think I would have said like two. I think I, I think I didn't realize it's 37, 47, 12, and then thirty s- saves uh, over the last four years. So He's it was twenty eighteen where a four or higher, like in his entire career. Uh, like he, he's, he's been actually really good. Yeah, he, he's he is one of those guys that I don't think gets enough credit. And no, you're it, right. It may be because he spent his early years with the Rays, where they kind of you know dicked him around a little bit, and then he had that. Wait, the wait, you're saying the Rays would yeah mess around with the put? <laughs> so I, I'm not following. Explain that to me. So they would. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really they shook here. They do this here. thing so where saying... they hold guys back from getting saved so they don't have to pay them in arbitration. It's a really, really sneaky thing that no other team does. Oh, and so okay. that's why I'm sure you've never heard okay. of it. But, uh, I mean, he, yeah, he's he been fantastic uh, over the course of his career and in a way that probably doesn't get – he doesn't have, like, the massive strikeouts – so I think mm. people in fantasy kind of tend to ignore him, and he's been on bad teams. So. Well, and they might not be great, but he got 30 saves on a bad version of them, and I think that the White Sox are definitely going to be better this year than the 72 wins that they had last year. Yeah. I think they're at least a 500 club. Uh, and they're, so, they're my dark horse for the the Central. I, I, I fully can get behind I that. I don't probably, know that it's that much of a dark horse. I, yeah, I'm not even sure that it is. I, well, at least you're saying dark horse for the division. If you had said dark horse for wild card, I'd have said that's not even a dark horse. But for the division, you know that that that's stepping it up there and saying that they're going to take down the Twins. So I like I like where your head's at there. Um, but yeah, I like Colum A as a as a great. If you miss out on that first run of closers there, I think uh, getting quote unquote stuck with him is not bad at all. And I, I like Colum A. So C Shack will deepen their bullpen. I don't really think he'll threaten for the closer job there. He could, like I said, uh, and you mentioned, be the fill-in if injury struck there. So uh, the White Sox continuing to have a really sharp offseason here. He, and going, I, I like in, what they're doing. In draft feeling. champions, Colome is going like right in a uh, like a tier of closers with Emilio Pagan, Hansel Robles, uh, Colome, and LeClerc. Um, I think he's the most bankable guy there. I, I mean – I really like them in the reverse order that they're going. Leclerc, Colomay, so Robles, and Pagan. Uh, yeah. Like I, I like Pagan, but I don't trust Tampa. We just got done talking about them. I don't trust them. And That's I why think I took if Nick Robles, Anderson in the draft. I think Robles, while he showed some really good skills at the end of the year, he was definitely lucky uh, in terms of what he did. And I think if he struggles at all, the Angels will just pull the plug because they're a team that – Obviously, is trying to win right now. Well, yeah, especially if he if he like Edwin Diaz is the initial part of the season. They're going to have to make a quick move because they don't want to give away anything here. They can't. You know, they're, they're exactly exactly. By the way, I am super pissed, dude. <laughs> Told you I had third pick, and I thought I was going to get Sutsugo. He went first. Mm. Yeah, I definitely thought he was going to make it Dylan to me there. Cease was high up on my list. Uh, oh, Evan White also went. Early so mind, he he's so. available in mine. Well, I believe. Um, did you speak about him when we when he signed? Because I don't know mind. a whole lot yeah. about him. What, Evan, uh, Evan White. Yeah. What What do we think there? It's a really interesting 
situation with White because he was given the 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 contract. I think he's the first ever from double A player because he. I mean, yeah, yeah he's never. He, he only has four hundred plate appearances uh, in double A. Uh, he had eighteen plate appearances in triple A in, in twenty eighteen. Uh, I think he is a, a very interesting guy long term I just don't know that I trust what he's going to do early on I mean he's yeah. got a decent hit tool uh, especially for a guy who's got pop uh, wish he had a different position though Evan White's a first baseman for Seattle for those who don't know who we're talking about here and um, I mean you know first I, there's just so many other guys that are more boring that I feel like I could trust more yeah I think because he's still going super late I don't think he you know he's worth the shot um, I mean, he he did a he does a decent job of not striking out like an obscene amount, but still, uh, like I don't think he has game breaking anything. I think yeah. he is like above average in a number of different categories. Like it, he he'll probably hit like twenty two home runs and steal five or six bases, you know, and hit like two seventy. Aguilar, Smoke, or White. Now, you mentioned the batting average and, and the little stolen base contribution. That's what separates him from those other two. But those other two probably have him crushed in power, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm going to take smoke. Okay. Um, but Aguilar is really close for me, uh, okay. especially if we think Aguilar is going to get full run, uh, yeah. you, you, especially early on. I, I just like the situation smoke is in, and I've always kind of been an apologist. He's got an amazing first name. He does have a dumb first name, but um, I don't hold that against him. And I, you know, I can't when I'm drafting players. Um, you know, Verlander, I, he's overcome it to become my favorite pitcher ever with that terrible first name. With Smoke, you look at his stat cast, and it's drool worthy last year. And he really is the, the the stat cast darling. You mentioned you're an apologist for him. It's easy to be when you look, and he was one of the unluckier guys. I think part of that is his speed. Um, and and severe and utter lack thereof that uh, that prevents some of, you know, which is a trait of people named Justin. <laughs> doubles become singles, uh, and and, and kind of undercut what what his power should be dictating. But it's not hard to envision him popping back off in in twenty twenty and and being really good there for the Brewers with a two oh eight average. Dude, I mean, dude, that's insane. Percent walk rate. Uh, and I mean, you know, he's, he's a career like 12% walk rate guy. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I think smoke is the guy for me out of that trio. Aguilar is second. Uh, white is third. I just don't know that there's a huge ceiling for Evan white this year. Yeah. I think he could develop that as the game power, uh, or the raw power turns to game power. Uh, and if he can, you know, chip, you know, kind of do some chip in speed, I just don't know that he is that ready necessarily, but the the Mariners are going to give him the role. Like the, the they didn't give him the contract oh, to send him back down to, to mess around. Exactly that. Like that, you don't sign those deals to not give the guy uh, the the shot. Obviously, that same thing happened with um, with uh, Luba Luis Robert. Uh, he's going to obviously he's a different type of prospect. But yeah, you don't you're not signing these deals to mess around. I wonder if the Angels are working on something with Joe Adele. To get him so that they can just go for, with oh, him from please, day one too. Please, please, that would please. be awesome. That's what uh, the, it, I would have the, the same Indians, conflict though. 
the Indians asked for Adele for Clevenger. I, for Clevenger, I know. And that's why I think a Clevenger deal is tough because I would love to see them do it. But if it has to be Adele, then I say no thanks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're doing that. Um, yeah, I would have the same conflict that I did with uh, Lou Bob signing his deal is that I love it because he's going to be up from day one. But now the fantasy price is going to soar. By the way, you weren't on when I discussed that. I, I did that on the solo. Are you paying top 70 price for, for uh, Luis Robert? Because that's I think, I think he could be as high as 60 on an average draft position by the time uh, March comes around. And, and are you willing to pay that? I am not quite willing to pay that. I, I'm close. I think okay. uh, I, I talked it out on uh, the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast twice uh, for the, the Prospect Pod and then the regular uh, just White Sox preview uh, that I do with Mike Warner. Uh, and I pretty much kind of went through the ADP and like, okay, who would you rather have? And I kind of fell around pick 80. Mm-hmm. I, I I like what he can bring, but I just don't know. I think he's going to go above Victor Robles, and I just don't understand how you can take him over a guy like Victor Robles. Uh, and even I agree. even like Matt Olson, if I, I know they play different positions, they do different things. Like I can't rationalize taking him over Matt Olson or over, I, I still see like, a forty homer season. Yeah, so that that that's the perfect one, right? Teammate. Right there, staring you dead in the face. We saw that it took him a little bit, Moncada a little bit to develop. It's easy to envision that same thing happens with with Robert. Why not just take the guy who we saw take a big step forward last or year? If you're if you're trying to stay in the same position, like I can't take him over Tommy Pham. Yep, that's another one. I I, me- I made that same that same comparison there. So I I think we see eye to eye here, where we got to get to about pick eighty before we're going to take him, which he will in some drafts. But I think um, he's not going to do it drafts. in the sharp drafts. In, in your home league, that's where he's going to go. Uh, uh, but March, mid March main events, he's going to be going yeah, like uh, uh, his min pick will be like forty five for yeah, Luis Robert. I mean, even now in NFBC leagues, he's not going to go that far. Like I've got, let's say I've got draft champions uh, picked. Oh, I guess last month he's been going not your ninety or one hundred and five on average. I can't imagine too many of those have finished. Well, probably none of them have started and finished. Since. I was going to say which ones have happened since he was yeah, signed, so. and and they have to be finished to get counted into the into the pool. So let's check on that in a week and see where Robert's price has gone. Because I I agree it's 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 headed sky high. It yeah. it, it really is. But um, I mean, he, checking he went. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess in the only OC that's gone, he went 115, but that must have been before that he signed. Had to. I just, I, I'd be so surprised if if Luis Robert uh, went outside uh, 100 now that we know that he's signed and, and ready to go. So, um, and I did, I did throw that little cold water on there. There's a little bit more Lewis Brinson in that profile than people would want to admit uh, when you I when mean, you look at it. I, I saw that comp that you made. I don't know that I agree necessarily, only because I think Brinson was even more highly regarded as polished than Robert was or is. Uh, I mean, Brinson was like a double-digit walk guy in the minor leagues. 
Uh, was he? Yeah. Go go look at Brinson's. What the hell happened? I'm doing my uh, closer it's, look on the Marlins the, right now. It's the swing, the swing and the miss, especially, and that's a problem that Robert has. Uh, that, that's that's where I I mainly drew the comp, and then the upper minors, that high swing and miss with a mediocre to poor walk rate. I, I see what you're saying here. There were those seasons where uh, and those stops where Brinson, you know, 2015 was was walking 10 percent. Um, Although once Even he was some... in triple, oh, well, the, the, the 2017 before he debuted 18% strikeout, 9% walk. And that, you know, that was a brilliant season there. 331, 400, 562. He's ready. He's 23. Brinson's about to go off. And he's been literally the worst player in baseball since he was called up minimum 700 plate appearances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I hope he turns it around at some point. I actually just traded for him in a league. <laughs> In, uh, I, I gotta be that honest. Thir- that thirty-team, hundred-man roster, uh, you know, deep keeper dynasty league that I do. Uh, there is no precedent. It, it, it's it's bleak. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it's really bleak. If you, I was looking for comps, and um, so I tried to do a sub fifty. So I was using the play index. So I had to do OPS plus instead of WRC. But they're they're pretty close. And so I was looking for a sub fifty OPS plus through between 600 and 750 plate appearances of your first three seasons. And for those who don't know, Brinson has 709 and, um, and, and a 43 WR uh, OPS plus or 44, excuse me. I don't want to, I don't want to cost him a point there. Um, I couldn't find comps for sub 50. So I had to do sub 60. Uh, there was nobody that was as bad as him. So on the sub 60, the names that, that, that are in line, Jason Tyner, Ronnie Sedano, <laughs> Michael Saunders, and Jacoby Jones. Oh, Michael so, Saunders. Saunders is a, a thing, yeah. Yes, he's literally the best-case scenario because he followed it up with a nice little three-year run of being above average, but that is the best-case scenario, and uh, I mean, that's I, bleak. I think he could potentially uh, be like a Carlos Gomez. Um <laughs> But I mean, I'd love to see it. I like I, I was I was on the Lewis Brinson train when he was coming up in the minors, but I, I'm a sucker for the power speed guys, but I don't I don't yeah. see it. I mean I only I only took him because he was free and it was <laughs> Sure. And it's a league super, super deep. Like I don't know and especially I did it before the Marlins made a lot of those acquisitions where Although you know, I still think he's going to hold his spot right now. I think he, I think yes. Brinson's going to get that opportunity in center. He's and then if he fails, yeah. then a Harold Ramirez or somebody comes in and starts to mix up there. But right now, even with the Dickerson and, uh, and the Aguilar move uh, and Jonathan VR moves, move Brian Anderson into the outfield permanently. So Anderson and Dickerson on the corners, Brinson in the middle, Cooper and Harold Ramirez on the outside looking in, which is a bummer because I actually like both of those guys. I mean, um, Brinson but is I like... going 641 in in draft champions leagues over the last month. So, like, there is no price attached. So, I'll probably take him in a couple draft champions just for the hell of it. But, yeah, I mean, so that's there's... round 43. That Yeah, that's that's like the, <laughs> that's so deep. Yeah, that, for a, that, that's for the a starting area player, of, like, Travis Demerit and DJ Stewart and Billy Hamilton, sure. who doesn't have a team. Who doesn't have – yeah. No, I, I can see it at that at that cost because 
again, he does have a starting job right now, or at least it certainly looks like it. And, uh, you know, why not? But in like non draft champions leagues, I just can't. Oh I yeah. Can't. No, I mean, NL only and, is, is it. And it's, uh, it's just so scary how, how, how bad he's been, dude. Well, and the every- problem with a guy like Brinson, even in like NL only is you, you, you want to get guys that are going to get plate appearances, but he gets enough plate appearances where if he's dreadful again, he's actually hurting you way more. I was going to say, yeah, like he's you, cutting into he's what you're able to do. He's just destroying you because, I mean, he had 173 last year. Do you want to guess? Oh, you're looking at it. I was going to say, do you want to guess how many homers he had last year? 16. Zero! He, his Zero. Triple, that's the thing. His AAA it's slash, crazy. like his AAA numbers were great last year. It's like they were still pretty good. That's the, sixteen, that's kind sixteen of the in half a season, two seventy, three sixty one, five ten. If you're trying to have some hope, that's where you generate. And the he's hope only twenty five. Like let's remember, he's only twenty five. Like he could still turn this around. But there's zero precedent at this at this office at this level of futility. There's zero precedent. Um, but I'm hoping I'm, I'm pulling if he does it, I'm here. It's funny. Cause I was looking through, uh, our, uh, his profile there to see what articles, you know, if we had mentioned him anywhere and we talked about him on the podcast with, uh, Bogman and the Welsh and it was at the very end and it was, Hey, let's each bring up two guys that we haven't talked about. These are not necessarily endorsements of these guys. They can be, but it's just, so we don't forget these guys. And I mentioned Kristen Stewart and Lewis Brinson. And I was like, I wanted to play. I was like, did I like go heavily recommending him based off of his stupid spring training? And thankfully, I didn't. I was like, I'm not saying go get him because of this. I'm just basically the same stuff that you mentioned. There was prospect pedigree. He's still young. He has a job. He has speed. But it was it was still pretty tepid. You recommended Calhoun and Teoscar Hernandez, unsurprisingly. Bogman came in with the Jorge Soler love. Ooh. And Welsh with the Avasau Seal love. So they both hit a big one. Uh, I would say you got a hit with, with Calhoun, uh, but both mine were duds, unfortunately. So Teoscar anyway. will pan out one day. I, you know, I, I hope so. But uh, the Calhoun, we'll, we'll call that a win for you. He had a 110 WRC plus with 21 yaks in half a season. So yeah, um, they just need to give know, him the role. Like, please don't just, sign Castellanos and leave him alone. By the way, yeah, I was going to bring that up. We got uh, sidetracked about prospects, which was some good chat. Good chatter there. But uh, there's not only Donaldson, but Castellanos, Ozuna, Puig. Uh, there, you know, there's still some there's still some good talent out there. So this is this hot stove isn't even done. And um, you know, I, I really hope that there's some trades. Uh, there's been obviously a lot of talk with some of these big time centerpiece guys. Do you think any of them get moved? I think Marte could get moved. Starling Marte? Yeah. Okay. I think I mean to the Mets makes a lot of sense. They uh, they seem to be motivated to get that done. So and but, it, but anybody it, on that next level that Lindor, Bryant, Arenado, Betts, you think any of them get moved? I think ooh, Betts is the one. I think if it's going to happen, that that's who is good. I mean, obviously Cleveland is shooting for the moon with a lot of their guys in terms of what they want from. Uh, I mean, you know, asking for Adele. Except for Kluber. <laughs> Except for Kluber. Like, that's, to me, uh, like, just a big red flag. Like, do not draft it if that's what the Indians were willing to do. Well, 
I, I can't tell if it's that they just greatly overrated Emmanuel Classe because they were asking for Marsh and another top ten from yeah, the Angels, true. and I like Marsh. I like Marsh, and a lot so too. I. I wonder if they just think like, well, we have Kwasi on Marsh's level, which I do not. It's a reliever with one pitch. It's a really good pitch, and he's 22. And like, you know, you could see him becoming a valuable fireman. But, yeah, but how for your often does that actually Cy Young? Happen, Yeah, dude, you know? exactly. No, I'm I'm fully with you. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, this I'm is still Corey waiting on Joel Zumaye and, and yes, uh, you know, other guys and. and so many others. Yeah. So many. We because when we talk about it, we always reference the same two guys, but Tansis and and Hater, and and that tells you like kind of how rare it is that they actually pan and how out. How many so, saves did you get from Yon Lopez last year? Oh my God! Didn't he go completely yeah. the other way too? Yeah. He was supposed and, to be kind of that that mid guy that would help you with ratios and stuff, and he was pretty bland and he didn't strike anybody out. And you waited for how many years on Joe Jimenez before you actually? got any saves well and and, uh, and they weren't good you know i know good last year like you got nine saves but you know 437 era to go along with those you know 59 innings and nine what about saves. yohan lopez's teammate archie bradley forever was supposed to be the closer and if not then he'll be a dominant mid guy he's been neither he got 18 saves last year but you paid a 144 whip for it he was so, good no, down I, the stretch though he like yeah. bradley's a guy that i'm I'm looking at. Uh, I get suckered on him every year, so I, I can speak from experience there of, of wanting him to become yeah, the next his, big thing. But your point is half, well taken. He had a one seven, uh, one seventy one ERA in thirty one innings. Oh damn, he, he really was, did go. He, okay, uh, I see this. Yeah, check these monthly splits. One fifty one in April, so he gets off to a fire start. Loses his mind in May and June. Seven thirty six fifty nine. But then that second half that you're talking about, that's a zero ERA in July. 307 in August and 0.93 in September. So okay, yeah, that's a good call. Maybe uh, maybe Bradley's somebody to buy back in on for the for the tenth year here. But uh, anyway, we're kind of we're kind of rambling on here. But uh, great talking with you. We're back Thursday talking starting pitching ranks. So I will uh, I, I will chat with you in a couple of days. Definitely take it easy. <laughs>